real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, by going to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N.com forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is a first-generation immigrant who found herself $135,000 in debt as a single parent and bootstrapped her passion for photography into a highly successful global business and eventually sold it to Bill Gates in a multi-million dollar deal. She now helps people grow, build, and scale their businesses with her five-step system. She's the growth architect and founder of The Women's Code. Welcome to the show, Beate Chalette. Sarah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Good to have you here. Um, I, I know I kind of went over your background a little bit, but I'm, I, I would love for you to maybe give a little more detail about being an immigrant who was in debt and single parent bootstrapped. Uh, and obviously the story about selling a company to Bill, Gra- Bill Gates definitely, I think, is a story we all want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, right? Yeah, I mean, my, my, my story is really very much like I think most stories start. It's the person that just didn't think that she was fitting in into anything. And uh, I remember that I... Um, you know, and I come from Germany and in Germany, everything is, you know, pretty regulated. So I always felt that this wasn't the place where I was meant to be. And once I had come to Los Angeles, I just felt this was a city that really spoke to me. And, you know, I always jokingly <laughs> say, Sarah, that when you come to Los Angeles, it's a city of misfits. So anyone, <laughs> anyone who doesn't fit anywhere else comes here and then magically they're all fit together and that was um really attractive to me the just the variety and the difference of people and so in germany i was a photographer that's my actual degree and that's my only degree and then i went through uh this aptitude test you know the story and how i became a photographer and in germany things are always taken so seriously and then people ask all these questions of what you want to be and i answered all of them and you know i'm not afraid of heights and i don't mind being physical and i you know i can carry stuff <laughs> and then at the end of this they said to me i should have been a roofer now i don't mind roofers but it wasn't exactly a career choice that i felt was the right for me and so i knew that the system or what they tell you you know and i think it's really relevant for your audience entrepreneurs is to to really look at this and say well is this really for me is what other people are telling me even even relevant to me or does it even not feel right and so i i became a photographer anyway and i ran the photo department of l magazine when i was only 23 so i'm already having the dream job and then i decided i was going to go and have an adventure sarah and i went to the united states and i you know, for the year abroad that just never ended. And so I 
was laid off. I, I jokingly say I've disaster proof. So I've been now with the pandemic. I think it's my eighth disaster. So we have flyers, fires, floods, earthquake, 9-11 and tsunami, uh, uh, you know, and now the pandemic. I mean, it just, it's a lawsuit. It just never ended. And so what happens is the story really goes that I had this idea of building this business and I had no idea how to run a business. And so I had to be really frugal and figure out how am I going to make the most out of everything. And so I, you know, I, I did well. I, you know, I, I did a lot of photography production. I did represent photographers because that was my, that was my sweet spot. That was my jam. And then, you know, every time I thought I had made an advance, uh, something would happen. And then I had to start all over again. And then finally, this all came to a head when, you know, at this time I was divorced, single mom. I was deep in debt because an employee got a little too close, Sarah, to one of my key vendors. And they had this idea how to run a business just without me. That was my business without me. And so then I'm in this huge lawsuit. And as I'm in the middle of this lawsuit and I'm thinking, well, at least production season is rolling around. I have money coming in. September 11th comes. And that wiped out my whole production business and I'm out. And then I go to Germany to drum up some business and my father has a stroke, but my father didn't have a stroke. My father had a pancreatic cancer and he dies within, within only six weeks. And then as I'm at the grave and we literally just buried him and I get a phone call in my office in Los Angeles, we've just been served a notice. And so, you know, we always talk about sometimes in, in, in our lives, what our defining moments are. And so the story at this moment was very simple. I'm not going to drown in a puddle. I'm going to drown in the ocean. I will not go, to, go down by a match. At least it'll be a, an inferno. I mean, at least it, it's got to be worth it. So I, I had to let it go and just surrender to God, universe, the spirit, whatever they is. I mean, I did everything I could do. Well, I had written a letter to the president of the United States, though. And uh, I got a letter from the White House. And in this letter from the White House, the president sends me his best wishes, <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course, he never saw the letter, Sarah. Uh, but it put, me, it put me in touch with the Small Business Administration. And that put me, that helped me restructure my debt, freed up my line of credit, opened up my ability to be liquid for another three months. That's all I needed. It was, I was three months away from break even. And then 18 months later, I'm the world leader in my category. And then the Bill Gates company comes and says, we want to buy it. And then of course I said, well, like any decent woman, you want this, you got to pay for that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then they made me an offer too good to refuse. And that's how I sold my business. Wow. So wh what was the name of the business? If you're allowed to say, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I was. So the company I sold was called Beata Works. Okay. And the business that bought it was Corbis. And that was a privately held uh, business that Bill Gates himself owned. Interesting. Okay, so it was a photography business. Um, yes. What kind syndication. of photography? Oh, okay. Stock photography syndication specialized on architecture and interior. And my specialty was that I, because I went after the A-listers. So tip for the audience, for your listeners, Sarah. If you go after a client, go for the top dog. Do not listen to anyone who tells you 
try with the little ones first. That's a waste of time. It's the same amount of effort on whether you go after an A client, a B client, a C client, or a D client. I mean, actually, the A clients are easier than the D clients because they already know when they need you. The D clients should have to do all this convincing. So I went after A clients, and A clients have A clients. So they were photographing for the largest magazine, Elle, Vogue, Elle Decor, uh, Casa, Hello Magazine in London. They were photographed, you know, they, they, they did all the celebrity homes for Julian Moore, Francis Ford Coppola, Simon Baker, and uh, Madonna. And suddenly I'm getting all these stories into the door. And because I was an editor at Elle Magazine in Germany, of course I knew how to sell them mm. because that was my business years before so it just kind of went full circle and then next thing i know i'm selling into 79 countries in the world and i'm the world leader wow that's an awesome story uh, how you triumphed over several situations it sounds like and just kept going i think that's one thing about entrepreneurs is their determination and resilience and we just kind of keep going even when we fail i know that's one thing that you kind of talk about is uh, fail fast and using adversity to build resilience. So I think that was your whole story is pretty much that. Um, wow. Yeah, I actually did photography for a while, but it was weddings and portraits. But um, so not quite on the same scale. But that is interesting, though, that you said, you know, go after the A clients, because you usually hear, like you said, people say, we'll start with B at best, but maybe even less than that, and then work yourself up. But so that's an interesting approach or perspective. I mean, what does it hurt? I mean, you might get no's, obviously, but you might get a yes. <laughs> well, the thing is that, um, so the way I did it is I started with one A-lister specifically, who was the guy that everybody adored. And I came up with an offer for him that others couldn't make, but that I could make. And that was more work intensive. So I was willing to do a lot more for him than anyone else would do. And that is why he signed with me. And once I had this one A-lister, then everybody went like, oh, wow, if this established A-lister is going with her, then uh, she must know what she's doing. And it brought the Bs and the Cs automatically mm. with them. But I didn't have to go after them and then work my way up. I started at the top. So so I actually think, Sarah, there's a really bad advice when people tell you not to start at the top. Why would you not start at the top? I mean, it's like if, if you were going out to date and you say, well, I really like this person, you know, this type of person, this good looking fit person, whether you like men, women or whatever. Um, and then you go, well, I'm going to date a couple ugly guys first. <laughs> well, that doesn't make any sense, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you, if, you really want, if you really want something, then why wouldn't you save up or, or go get that? Why would you settle for something else in the interim? It just doesn't make any sense to me. So for me, it's always been about, and I really learned this, that, it, it, that the biggest client drain especially in when you're in that frugal part of your business where you have to make things go a long way, is those clients that you have to convince that you even need them. And they don't pay well. Mm -hmm. They are a big headache. They have constant demand and they never do the work. So it's better if you go after somebody says, 
I got it. I know what you're bringing to the table. Let's do it. I'm rolling up my sleeves. They'll be happier. You'll be happier. And they pay you more. So why would you not want to do that? Yeah. And I've heard that a lot too about how the clients that, you know, or C or D listers and, uh, you know, the people who maybe can't afford to pay as much or whatever, that they end up being more demanding actually than than the A-listers who can afford to pay more and whatnot. So yeah, it's interesting how that works out. And I, that's definitely something I noticed when I was in photography was, um, yeah, because I started very on the, because I was like, well, how do I stand out? you know, cause there's tons of photographers in Dallas. Um, so the way I thought to stand out and I know this is bad now is to be the most affordable. Well, Oh no, <laughs> you did not. Sarah. I did, but that was over. A, oh no. <laughs> that was over a decade ago. <laughs> I was just learning, I guess, how to run a business. Well, it was probably 15 years ago now. Uh, yeah. So I, I learned that lesson. <laughs> The only model that is worse than that model is the model pay what you can. Uh, That's mm -hmm. even worse. But mm -hmm. but 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 it's it's almost like even with that. So let's just tell your audience don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's an uh, uh, an equation I would like to share. So there's three things you need to watch out when you have a business. That's quality price and service right so these are the three pillars of every business price quality service you can only pick two hmm. so if you if you're tiffany it's the service and it is the quality it certainly isn't the price hmm. when you go to costco it's the price and the quality it certainly isn't the service right hmm. um so you can only pick two. If you pick three, you're putting yourself out of business. You cannot provide great customer service at a low cost in a high quality product. You're going to have mm. to make a decision somewhere. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. I hadn't thought about that before. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit about the five-star success blueprint? I'll be happy to. So what I found, Sarah, is that when we talk about business building, that a lot of entrepreneurs, and you don't even have to be a new entrepreneur, literally everybody who has a business, that they often forget that there is really a, a whole system to how you build a business. So I'm going to give you an example. So sometimes I have people that go and they do a lot of social media, and then you say, well, what are you selling? And they say, I don't really know. And then you say, well, where are you driving the traffic? And then they say, well, to my website. And then you say, what's on your website? And they say, well, that way they get to know me. Are you selling anything? And they go like, well, not yet. I'm like, why are you wasting your time, energy, and money on doing that? So I developed this to really answer the question, how do you build a business step-by-step in -step order? So in the first step, it is about the idea. And the idea of your business is very much what we were just talking about. Why are you in business? Why are you unique? What are you bringing to the table? And it's also about who are you serving? Who is your client? And I developed something that I call the Airtight Avatar. And this is actually something I'm going to gift your audience. Sarah, I just finished uh, redoing my masterclass on how to find really good clients 2.0. Literally just launched it last week. And it is found at airtightavatar.com. And I'm sure we put it in the show notes. But if you want to find out how to create a customer profile in Airtight Avatar, uh, just go do that. It's about 30 to 45 minutes. You have the checklist. You have the whole enchilada. 
And within no amount of time, you can identify who this person is that you should be selling to. And oftentimes it's more than one person. Now, once you have this unique factor, right, your value proposition and your ideal client, you go to number two, which is where you flush out the offer. Um, and the offer is your service, your product, because it has to be geared toward the first, toward you know who you're who you're serving and based upon what it is that you can do. Then we go to the systems. How do we build your your system? And a system, I want you to imagine, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, Sarah, but especially consultants and coaches do this. So they have so much knowledge. So instead of giving you know, taking this knowledge and baking it into a nice little bread and then cutting it into slices, giving it to you like a civilized person, one slice at a time, they vomit. They vomit their entire knowledge in one big, you know, one big thing right there on their clients. And the client's confused. Uh, they're paralyzed because they don't know what to do first. And then you just keep talking, talking, talking. And then you're talking yourself out of a sale because the client is completely overwhelmed. So a system is when you take everything you know, you put it in this knowledge bread, you give them, you know, we have to put it into slices. And then, so where do we start? What's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? So that, you know, as I go through this, I understand what I need to be doing to getting to the next level. So we designed that in that third part of the five-star success blueprint. Then we go to teams, which is the fourth part. And teams is who is going to be doing all the work because you cannot be doing all the work. So are you going to hire VAs? Are you going to hire a different people? Are you going to hire a social media person, a salesperson, a business development person, a lead generation person? Like who needs to be on your team to make this business really go? And then finally in the, in the fifth star, we're looking at you as a leader and I call, you know, and that is all about you and in the leadership position, because this is where you have to make the shift from a business owner to a business leader. And a lot of times, Sarah, business owners, entrepreneurs think that mini me cloning is the way to grow a business. It is not. You need to lead subject matter experts that are really good at very narrowly defined things. That's the only way to scale up. So that's the five star success blueprint. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I'm currently struggling with number four because uh, I'm at a point where I know I need to start hiring some people, at least VAs, uh, at least on a part-time basis, if nothing else, because, yeah. Um, but, you know, being the frugalpreneur, I've, I don't know, like I've always been, if it's something I know I can do or have been doing, I struggle to let go and let other people do it. Um, not just from the monetary perspective, because now you have to pay them to do it, but just because I know how I like things to be done and, you know, so that's kind of what I'm, where I'm at right now. And so I know, uh, w what are some good places to find a virtual assistant or any kind of help other than, you know, like Fiverr or I guess Upwork, um, yeah, what I guess other people who might be in that same boat, what recommendations would you have for that? I actually find most of my team on Upwork. And so I've you got to really get into what it is that you need. So I'm very specific about what I want. So, you know, this is this is this is way, the way I approach it. So sometimes people 
like, you know, like I have figured out what I'm really good at. So I'm really good in designing systems. When somebody talks to me and I hear, I hear them speak in my head, their business system immediately formulates. I can't help it. Like it spits out, you know, I see it. I can see how it all works together. I'm like, no, that's part one. That's part two. That's part three. I just had a realtor uh, here who is not one of those fuzzy people that wants to bring cookies. She wants to do commercial transactions. So we had to figure out a different system and formula for her that followed who she is as a person. And as I'm listening to her and I'm hearing her speak, I'm going like, oh, I, this is what we're going to be doing. And so we, we designed a seven-step system so that when she sits down with potential clients and they say, well, why are you unique? Then she can say, well, the way we approach this is in this particular system. And here's the first thing, the second thing, the third thing, the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh. And then the client goes, well, I've never had anybody come in here and explain to me step-by-step what goes into it, right? It's just a different sales point. So selling, like hiring people. So let's just talk about that for a second. So then not letting go is that oftentimes because you made yourself to be so good at so many different things, Sarah, because you had to. And then as you go, well, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. But the question is, should you be doing that? Mm. So what I recommend is keep a running list, like literally a list. And you write down every single thing that you do during the day. And uh, then at the end of the day, as you're watching yourself, you give yourself from one to 10 a score on how much you like or hate doing it. You know, it's like cleaning your house. Sure, you can clean your house. Do you want to clean your house? There you go. So, uh, yes, I'm sure you've gotten very good at WordPress and at doing all that. But should you be doing this? Is this a good spend of your time? And then you look at what could I hire some? What 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 would I have to pay to hire somebody to do that for me? So let's say if you're making $250 an hour now with what you do in your consulting coaching, then everything that is less than $250, you need to hire someone for. It's very simple because then you lose money because then you're not doing the things that you could do at $250 an hour. And that's where you stifle the growth of your business. So you just have to know enough to tell the WordPress guy whether or not they're doing a job or a good job. You know, so that's how I look at this experience. I've gotten very good at my CRM and at Infusionsoft and at building, you know, my Kajabi courses and stuff like that. But I shouldn't be doing that. I just need to know enough. If somebody goes in, I know if they know more than I do, they better. And I know if they're fast because I know how much time it takes. So I want you to look at this more like a journey versus a, oh, I can't, I can't let it go. Um, and and with, with Upwork or with finding someone, it's like with everything else. I mean, if you're dating or if you're going to different restaurants, you try different dishes or you even even when you go to get your coffee, sometimes you have an Americano, sometimes you have a latte, then you try a chai latte and then you try a tea and then you try it cold and you try it hot and then you decide what you like. So hiring is no different than that. So um, I have people that sound really good, you know, I expect them to write me a cover letter. If they don't write a cover letter or if the cover letter is copy paste, they're already out because I need attention to detail. And uh, 
if I tell, I ask them a question, what is it about this that interests you? So if they give me the I, 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 I answer, they're already out. I don't want to hear about their greatness. I want to hear, well, I like what you stand for, or I've read your mission statement, and you know, I like that you uh, promote diversity in action. You know, I want to hear that they at least give it, give it like a nanosecond, or it can at least fake it to some extent. And so I found that when you, I call this front loading, when you're front loading the process, it helps you in the long run. And then when somebody turns out not to be that, you just, you have to let them go immediately. They, they, they never come back. They don't get better. They, uh, if they suck in the front, they get worse and worse and worse. But if they're good at the front, then they tend to get better and better and better and better. Mm. Wow. Yeah, those are some good tips. And yeah, I recently just read about that, like figure out what your, um, I guess it's EHR, effective hourly rate or something like that. Like how much your time is worth or maybe opportunity cost is also another way to phrase it. And then if you can hire someone to do whatever you're doing, for less than what your time is worth or how much you could be making spending that time doing other things, you know, then it's time to hire someone. So, yeah. 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 I, I actually, you know, I run an accountability mastermind, which is my monthly, monthly program where we every week have a 20 minute lesson and then we go into a life, uh, a coaching session afterward. And so I did actually the, the value of your time. So there's an actual calculation example of showing you the discrepancy between what you say you're worth and how you're acting in real life on what you're worth. I mean, it's mind blowing. So everybody goes like, yeah, no, my rate's like $250. My rate's like $500. And then you take them through the calculation example and then they go, oh, oh, I'm says $75. I said, that's a huge disconnect. If you're telling me you, you, you want to charge $500, but you act as if your time is worth $75. Now you know why people don't pay you $500 because you yourself don't act that way. Hmm. Is there a place online? Like, is it a calculator you can input information in? Or is that just kind of a it's like an exercise that you walk. People it's, through. it's really an exercise that I walk people oh, through, okay. but um, I'm, 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 I've, I think I've seen time calculators, but I find them very confusing um, oh, okay. because, because they go like how many hours a week do you work? And you know, what's your overhead and all of that. And I find a lot of people don't ever go through that. This is much simpler. You know, it's a, mm -hmm. it, it literally takes 15 minutes to figure out. And then, and then, and, and then, you know, and it's, a, it's not so much about what you say your time is worth, but it's about what you say your time is worth and how you act what your time is worth. Yeah. There's a, I guess there can be a big difference there. So. <laughs> almost, almost always, always, wow. always, <laughs> always, always. So can you tell us a little bit about your business now and what you do as far as helping, um, you know, businesses scale and grow their businesses? Yes. So, so my specialty really is that I, I'm all about systems and processes and I want business owners to recognize that structure is freedom. 
So this idea that you have to reinvent everything and that you're so special and that your business is so unique and that nobody could possibly understand what's going on in a business, all BS. Um, there is, in every business, there's a cadence, right? Again, you have the idea, the offer, the system, the team, the leadership, you know, and all of these things have to be aligned for you so you can scale up pretty quickly. So I help my clients and I work with a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs that either have to figure out why am I special? So, so a lot of times when you say, well, what makes you unique? People can't answer that because they go, well, I'm, I'm, I show up on time. And then I say, well, if you show up on time, that's a given. I mean, that's not a sell, selling point. I mean, if you wouldn't show up on time, you shouldn't be in business. Well, I do really good work. I say, well, that's kind of a given. If you ditch work, you should also not be in business. And then they say, well, um, um, you know, I'm a really nice person. I'm like, you better be a really nice person because if you weren't a nice person, then people wouldn't want to work with you. I said, that those are not differentiation factors. That's trite marketing language you know we show up on time we give you quality service we make sure you achieve your goals what does this even mean what does this even mean what goal my weight goal my my sprinting goal my marathon goal my hiking goal my wash dishes goal my car goal my driving goal my speed goal like what does this even mean so and that's you know what ties us back to really understanding who you're serving is that you know with the airtight avatar we talked about earlier if you know whom you're serving you know what you kind of need to do to get to this particular type of person to give them to give them what they want so i design i help people to design these systems and so i do everything pretty much in a day so my programs are on the strategy portion of my work i do things when we work remotely in two half days and oftentimes Sarah, I have people that have been working for years to figure out their branding and, and their positioning. We'll do it in a day. In a day, we, you know, we solve what they couldn't solve in five years. Or like what I did with the client where she says, you know, I, I know who I am. I know my brand. Um, but, you know, every time I go out, I feel like I can't really articulate what they're getting. And so we map out, you know, the system formula building is really sort of my sweet spot. That's, you know, I, I, I love that to come up with what's your unique system in selling stuff, right? And you got to, like, for example, you have a very cool name, you know, you get the frugalpreneur and then what, you know, what are the steps that fall into the system? Like what's the first thing, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, how many steps are there? What's the chronological order? What do they get? What do they learn in each one of these steps? And how do we design the product so that you don't sell them once you sell them again and again and again and again in the customer journey until they have the whole program and then they have learned everything that you really want to teach them and there's products that are a hundred dollars and products that are five thousand dollars and you know time with you that's whatever uh, a workshop or something so all of this needs to be laid out in such a way that it suits who you are as a person and for me because i you know i i, I i'm intuitive around this and i love systems so when i hear it i immediately i immediately see what it is i mean it's it's I, it's amazing to me other people don't know how to do that honestly how can they not know how to do that but that's mm. not their super skill that's my super skill so that's where i come in and um for my larger clients i'm working with 
currently with two nonprofits and one nonprofit came and they wanted to help uh, help me have me help them put their project management system system in place. Is there anything better than that? And so as I'm taking them through the questions and the uncovery on how to build the system, we are uncovering the problems that they didn't take care of, right? And so we find that they are, uh, that the way they set up the, the structure in their system and how the life cycle flows, they missed three main things and it caused huge chaos in their system. And one of which was they didn't have a sales department. Now you think that that's pretty self-explanatory to have a sales department, but because they, the sales were routed to a person that is responsible for the customization of products, they gave her all the calls, but because she's in customization sales mode, every single sale was customized every single sale instead of creating a catalog that you can sell again and again so again you know i go in i look at the system i see if the system flows and then immediately it sticks out like a sore thumb where certain things are are not happening or where the bumps are and um yeah and so if anyone's interested in having me take a look at your business it takes me very little time to figure out where businesses are stuck you can go to uncoverysession.com and fill out the uh, application. I do seven of these complimentary a month uh, where I, you know, where I just help people to figure out what's going on in their business. And then we can talk what, if anything, I can do to assist. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I'm going to have to check that out myself. <laughs> you should. Yeah. I mean, you got such a, you got such a cool brand and uh, I think there's a lot, you do a lot and I think you can do a lot with it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And, um, when you were talking about how you're able to come up with systems and like it's this um, this talent that you have, I know one of the things you talk about is turning talent into business. So that's basically what you've done is you take took that talent and turned it into a business. Um, and I think that's I think that's you know a good way for any business to operate is. It has to be something that you're talented and gifted in, something that you enjoy doing, uh, something that even people have told you that you're good at. Um, because otherwise, and I think that's been with my journey and trying a bunch of different business models. I was just, you know, trying different things, testing the waters, having my hands in a million different things. Um, but it wasn't until I started this podcast that and then kind of the different things that have gone on from there um you know i i guess it's when you find that thing and you realize what you're good at or what people tell you you're good at or what you enjoy doing uh that's the thing that's gonna stick anything else if you're just doing it you know for the money or for whatever the reason might be it's it's not gonna work in the long term you nailed it you nailed it and you said some very key key elements and i and, and i really want to point this out for your listeners to pay attention to you know what you told them sarah you said make it something you're passionate about this is always amazing to me so what makes you think that you have to do something you hate and be better at it than doing something you like i mean why would that why would that why would we why would we do we even have to talk about this 
of course you're going to like something a lot more and be a lot better at it if it's something you enjoy doing instead of terrorizing yourself into a crappy job that you just think you uh, you can make money and why would you not be able to make money with something you love and this is the disconnect because you don't trust that something that is so easy for you right sarah what you said that that is something that you could actually make money with where you go do people pay money for that so if you ask yourself that question do people pay money for that that's probably where you need to look yeah that's a good point <laughs> oh wow yeah I, well i really appreciate your time today we've gone over quite a bit of stuff and um if you could say those websites again, because I, I know your main website is Beate Chalette, and that's spelled B-E-A-T-E-C-H-E-L-E-T-T-E, -E -T -T -E, and then also have show notes with links to everything we talk about um, at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Beate, and that's B-E-A-T-E. -E. Um, but again, those couple of links that you had mentioned earlier, what were they again? Yes. So if you want to find out how to find really good clients and create your own airtight avatar, go to airtightavatar.com. And if you are at a point where you go, I need help, I need one-on-one -on -one with Beate, then fill out the uncoverysession.com. And uh, there's an application and then fill this out and then we'll get back to you. Awesome. Well, sounds good. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to, I know we covered a lot, but was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we ended? I think we covered also a lot. I think in, in, in the, in, in sort of closing, I just want to drive one point home is that stop asking your family for advice. Um, if they're in full-time jobs and they are programmed to keep you safe, they will never tell you what you want to hear. Surround yourself or listen to people that have done what you're trying to do and only listen to those. If I would have listened to my mother, I wouldn't be here. So, uh, you know, this is really, really critical is to shut down what other people think and go for listening to people who actually have walked the path. And then I want to close with my, my, my quote and the quote goes, there are a million ways to be successful. You only need to find one your own. Mm, that's good. I love that quote. I'm going to have to make that into like a little quote card and share it on social please. with your name yes, on it. <laughs> and that little part at the end, you know, I haven't heard anyone else say that, but it's something I've been thinking about, you know, family, because so many people, whether they're family or friends, they're used to working, you know, the nine to five office job or whatever, because like you said, it's safe uh predictable you get your bi-weekly paychecks your benefits all these things whereas stepping out on your own and doing your business it's for some people is considered risky and unpredictable and so yeah i appreciate you saying that because i needed i think i needed to hear that myself so and i'm sure many others did too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it, it's amazing to me. I mean, it, I just want to put us in relationship. You know, I'm a self-made multimillionaire. I sold a business to Bill Gates. To my mother who sits in a small town in Germany, this means oh, nothing. Wow. So for her, for her, the only fear she has is that somebody's going to come and take my money away. And so she wants me to be safe. So why can't I not just be like everyone else and just do the safe thing? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be smarter? 
but that's projecting her experience on me. That's projecting what she thinks and what she believes and what she's been programmed. So I would never even dream about telling her anything because I don't want to hear it. So when I, when not truly, so when I want to talk about uh, business growth or about risk taking, I go to people that say to me, if you think that what brought you to today is going to get you to the goal, you are mistaken. If you don't change, if you don't learn a new skill, if you don't do some self-development, if you don't get a new skill set, a, a different mindset, and you leave all of this behind to get from here to here, then you're never going to get there. And that I think, you know, Sarah is oftentimes, you know, and it sounds like this kind of like where you are at right now, where you have to make a conscious decision and say, mm -hmm. it's been a great ride up until here. Do I want to stay here or do I want to go further? And if you want to go further, you cannot do what you did. <laughs> Because what you did got you here. So if you continue that, you will remain here. So you have to do something different to get somewhere else. And then you go, huh, that makes sense. But what? And then you take the first step, you make the commitment, and then things start to show up out of nowhere. The opportunities show up because then the universe, God, spirit delivers. Mm -hmm. Wow. Awesome stuff. Well, I really appreciate your time today. And again, all those links and whatnot will also be in the show notes. Well, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. And good luck to all of you. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.